And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend, J.J. Leahy. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a slow news week, uh, you know, this Thanksgiving week. So we, we talked a, a lot about uh, football, about hunting and fishing. Um, talked about what we were thankful for in the world of politics in 2020. Uh, not a lot of news of the day. I'm warning. If, if you're looking for the latest on whatever Trump's lawyer said today, you're not going to get that today. <laughs> uh, we kind of just had a conversation. We, we, we talked some politics, but uh, we talked about lots of other things as well. I hope you guys like it. Uh, before I get to JJ, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, without further ado, the great J.J. Leahy. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, J.J. Leahy. How you doing, man? Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Brady. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. So, uh, a lot to get... Well, actually, we don't really have that much to get to. There's actually not that much <laughs> going on in world <laughs> politics. <laughs> and it's a holiday week, and uh, you know, we're just going to kind of have a conversation and see what happens, but... So JJ, you spent the weekend socially distancing yourself from white-tailed deer. So uh, tell us what 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 happened. What went wrong, buddy? Well, I made really good friends with a lot of squirrels. Yeah, there were so many squirrels. Uh, you know, the leaves are all down, and so a squirrel sounds exactly like a deer when you're out there. But yeah, I got skunked. Uh, put in a, a lot of good hours, quality hours hunting, and uh, really appreciated being out in nature, uh, just enjoying God's creation and. Uh, you know, I was out there with my father-in-law, and he took two deer, and I didn't really even see any deer. So, but you know what? I'm I'm thankful that uh, I have the freedom to go out and do something like that, and that uh, my job allows me to take a little bit of time and go out there and enjoy that. And I I really don't regret the time that I spent out there. Uh, probably won't get a deer this year, but it's not going to stop me from spending a bunch more hours out in the woods. Yeah, I mean, to me, like for anybody that doesn't know, JJ lives uh, on the North Pole, um, <laughs> specifically Gaylord, Michigan, which is uh, it's what an hour from the Mackinac Bridge, an hour south of the bridge, something like that, forty-five minutes. And yeah, uh, that. I mean, it seems to me like that would just be perfect deer hunting territory. I mean, just driving through the area, like you see deer everywhere. So it's like, you know, in my as an Ohioan, it's like you you think of that area as in like you know, you could kill a deer with a knife just walk out and you're just in a, a crowd of <laughs> the, deer the common factor here every time is that it's me going out and doing the hunting <laughs> right oh man yeah see my uh my boat motor is still busted i've not been able to get it started yet so i've like missed half of duck season already i'm really hoping to get the boat running so i can shoot some ducks but uh you get- i've never gone i've never gone duck hunting actually just uh no, I, I do. I, I really enjoy, you know, hunting pheasant and uh, quail, shooting a little bit of squirrels here and there. Uh, I used to make just the absolute meanest pot of squirrel jambalaya. Oh, yeah. So good. Real nice and spicy. But the the thing is that squirrels are ridiculously hard to clean. Yeah. And I know that there's 
I know you can you can set up like a, a cool board that has like notches in it that you put the squirrel's feet in, and it, you know it's supposed to help with uh, just like shucking the skin right off of. Well, like a I've squirrel. seen videos of guys that ha- they just do like the one cut behind the tail and just like peel all the skin off at once. Yeah, and they they can and then That's just, how, they gut talented. it with one incision. I'm like, okay, I'm not that good at it. I'm not that good at it though. Squirrels you know I mean? have the toughest. They have the toughest hide of yeah. any animal I've ever experienced. Like you know, you need a lightsaber to get in there. It's like uh, Han Solo opening up the the Tauntaun to keep Luke from freezing to death. I'm hoping to get out and do some duck hunting here soon, and then I'm I'm hoping to do. I've literally never hunted deer in my life. I've told you this. I've I've lifelong fisherman. I've hunted squirrel and stuff, but I've never uh, hunted deer. So I, I've got my 12 gauge, got some slugs. I uh, I don't know. Maybe you need to come down to Ohio and and help me out because. I uh, I don't know how to clean a deer, <laughs> so I mean, I've watched YouTube videos, but I really don't want to totally butcher my first deer and screw it all up and lose a bunch of meat. So I, when I you when should I, have come up this year. We had we had a real nice hunt camp. Uh, I know, bunch man, of guys but up. Michigan non-resident licenses are like five thousand dollars. It's completely yeah, see, unreasonable. Here, well, here here's what you just pitched to me: is you don't want to pay the out-of-state Michigan license, yep. so you're asking me to come down and pay the out-of-state Ohio license. See, I didn't. How much is Ohio's? I have no idea. There's no I, way it's was, as bad as Michigan. It's probably not. I know I'm Michigan reduced their rates this year by a decent amount, but it's still It's like 200 bucks. Uh though. I think it's 150. So, still still painful. I'm looking it up right now. I don't know. Yeah, we it? absolutely need to get you up here though next year. We have a blast. We got a, a oh, bunch sucks. of really good guys come up. Ohio is it? 125 bucks. That sucks. I mean, resident in Ohio, it's 19 bucks. It's like, man, 19. <laughs> well, I, I got out of there, uh, I, I got a doe tag as well, 50 bucks. So not not tag? too bad. In, for, for Michigan, it, for my hunting license, my deer tag, and an antlerless tag, 50 bucks for, yeah, that's, that's for a bad. Michigan resident. That's not bad at all. Ohio, it's, now, 19, it's 19 bucks for the license, and I think it's just 20 bucks per tag. And I think in they, in Lucas County you can take like four deer. I think only one of Michigan's, them should be a buck. But I Michigan's think... got a, a cool new deal. Uh, you can do a combo hunting and fishing license at the same time. And I, I, I tell you, I was in line to get my deer license, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh man, I actually really have not gotten out and done any fishing this year, and I, I guess I don't have a fishing license for this year. Almost went ahead and bought one. Because of the combo, and then I sat there and realized there's two months left in the year. <laughs> Am I really gonna do <laughs> any serious fishing in the last two months of the year here? No. Well, Michigan but... gouged me. I mean, they just raised the non-resident because my family is a cabin up in the UP. For anybody that doesn't know that, so I, I do a ton of Michigan fishing. So I need to get both my Ohio and Michigan licenses every year, and they raised it a couple years ago. It was always like thirty-five bucks for a non-resident annual license, fishing license in Michigan. They raised it to seventy-six. This year, I was like, I'll be 76 in- bucks. I mean, it's worth it. I, I was up there like five weekends, I think, five or six weekends this summer. Yeah, so. I know. You never, you never once stopped and visited me <laughs> on your drive. <laughs> I mean, you were busy like getting married and, and stuff like that. That's this summer. true. And it was kind of my wedding. I, I did come to a wedding. wedding, yes. It was kind of a busy summer for you, but yeah. But... Ne- next year, if we, we probably won't have a chance to this year, but next year we'll have to do some hunting for sure. Well, I want to come up uh, to your cabin, do some fishing, and Absolutely. then we'll find we'll find some way to connect and do some hunting either down in Ohio or up here at my at my family's cabin. 
for sure. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm really hoping to get a deer. Hopefully you get a deer too, man. It sucks you got skunked. And you got skunked in like 20 degrees, which is much worse than getting skunked <laughs> in like 50 well, degrees. We, we got one week left. I'm... Um kind of kind of given up on uh hunting around here over at my house but i'm going over to my parents house for thanksgiving i'll be there for a few days i'm going to take my gun with me and go hunt my dad's property he's got 10 acres there and uh i i pulled a decent number of deer out of those woods over the years he's um, a, we're, he's like close to toledo right like southern no he's only about an hour away from me east oh. weird over in oscoda county but uh Different, uh, different tract of land that uh, hasn't been hunted all year or really in a couple of years. Because my, you know, my brother and it really never got into hunting a lot. Uh, I think par- partly because it was like my thing, and you know, the the middle kid always has to has to go find his own thing. He can't can't go copy his big brother or it's lame. Right. You know? Now I I didn't grow up hunting at all. I mean, my dad has hunted squirrels a handful of times, and like pheasant. I think when he was younger, like in his you know, teens and twenties, but we didn't grow up. I mean, we grew up with guns in the house and shooting guns and stuff, but like we never hunted and it was never anything that I did. And I, I'm just getting into it now because I mean, I fish constantly and like everybody listens to podcast knows that like I eat tons of fish. I start fishing, you know, the end of February and I fish until the beginning of December essentially every year. Like I basically just take <laughs> December and January off of fishing. Right. And, uh, and it's just like, I don't know when you eat, a ton of fish. I put a ton of time into being outside and, and harvesting fish. And it's like, it's just eventually I knew I was going to start hunting. Right. Like it's like, you need more, like, I don't know. Like I, I, I love killing animals for food, man. So like I eventually just I, just, animals. I just had, to, I love eating animals as well. And like, I don't know. Like, so I want to like take more responsibility for the meat that I eat. I want to expand from just fishing into, you know, hunting all kinds of stuff too. Like I, in the next couple of years, I'd love to get to the point where like, you know, 75% of my protein comes from animals that I kill. Like, that's my ultimate goal. Well, you got to become a farmer, man. You Have you ever raised chickens? Uh, no. I, I mean, my wife have talked about it, but not at our house. Like maybe when we get a, a different house, we might get some chickens. I mean, they're 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 pretty easy to raise even if you don't have a lot of, of uh, land. I mean, even just yeah. a, little, a little backyard is yeah. more than enough. And you don't need... Uh, I mean, dude, in, you see it all the time in Toledo that uh, people that raise chickens, they always have roosters, and I really don't know why, because you don't need one. Like, the only oh, reason why... absolutely no. If no you live rooster. in the... city, Like, I, there's a guy with a rooster who lives on my street, like, in the middle of Toledo. He has a rooster. I'm like, dude, you don't need a rooster. Like, hens will roosters, lay an egg a day without yeah, a rooster. They're no, just unfertilized no. eggs. Like, the only there reason to have a rooster is if you want to keep your... a rooster. Oh, yeah, unless you just hate your neighbors. <laughs> I mean, that's a good <laughs> that reason, That is the only I, I reason. I, I've heard people try and make the argument that oh you keep a rooster to like protect the hens. That's bull. No. We've had we have had so many uh roosters uh over the years at my family get killed by, you yes. know, neighborhood dogs that wandered through. They don't do anything. You know, they'll no. they don't put up any, any real fight against a dog. It's, no, it's, it's a little bird that can't fly. I mean if a fox or a coyote's gonna kill a chicken, it's gonna kill a chicken. Roosters are you... meat too. And un- un- unless you really handle them a lot. They uh they don't like people and if you walk by they'll they'll run after you and attack your <laughs> shoes. Yeah, that's how uh that's how a chicken turns into lunch right there. I will not well, put up with. But uh, then you can't even eat the roosters. They don't taste good. They're so stringy and tough. There's really? nothing redeeming about roosters except that they're beautiful. That's the only 
Like you, you might as well, you might as well have a peacock. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> Just a useless, totally uh, useless, and also mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cat. We're gonna do chickens uh, this spring, Jess. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. We're, we're gonna build a little coop and uh, probably a, a mobile, uh, a chicken tractor. You can move it around the yard, nice. let them eat, eat fresh grass and scratch up some new ground and stuff. Be well, since you're, you're more manly than I am, you're going to have to teach me how to gut a deer and teach me how to raise chickens and stuff. So so you, you know how you gut a fish? Uh-huh. Same thing. I, I mean, I get that. <laughs> but there's a, lot, there's a lot more cuts of meat on a deer than there is a trout, man. I mean, come yeah. on. Hey, look, I, I, I really wanted to get Jeff here this year. We're definitely going to make it happen next year. Uh, it'll be a blast, and uh, we'll, we'll get you a deer. Definitely. I did get skunked uh, walleye fishing the other night. Uh, I went out to Metzger's Marsh, which is like 45 minutes away. It's like halfway between here and Sandusky. Ohio. That's surprising. You're like you're like automatic when you go out fishing. Like I know. I mean, it's been a kind of a rough year. Like uh, so I I did some night fishing. I brought some crawlers and a couple heavy rods and reels to do some cat fishing before it got dark. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, on Lake Erie, I was on a pier. There's a pier out there that goes about 150 yards out in the middle of Lake Erie. And uh, so you're fishing, you know, 12, 14 feet of water. And right after dark, schools of shad come in close. And um, and the walleye follow them. And you can usually clean up on walleye when it gets cold like it is now. And, man, I was there at maybe 4 o'clock. <clears throat> so I catfished through dusk. Nothing. Got nothing. And then I casted for walleye for a few hours in the freezing cold and crazy wind. It got completely skunked. Like, it was crazy. And, dude, there was like 30 other fishermen on this pier, and like everybody else was catching fish except for me doing the exact same thing I was doing. It was just one of those days, man. You, like come you and up... your father-in-law sitting, what, oh, yeah. a couple hundred yards apart probably? Right, exactly. In, in deer blinds, and he's he's yep. shooting them, and you're not. I mean, man, some days it's just not your day. No. you got to come up. Uh, we have um, our cabin is on a lake, and it's got beautiful rainbow trout in it. Yeah, it's got other fish too, but the rainbow trout are uh, absolutely uh, delicious and and a lot of fun to fish for. You got to come up and yeah, man, put some hours in there. Yeah, I love rainbow trout, and they're hard to. I only caught two or three trout this year because they're hard to find in Ohio. I mean, they're they're in Lake Erie and in the river, but they're they're not. They're pretty hard the, to find. I guess I guess the DNR like stocks this lake with really? rainbow trout. It's interesting. You'll you um they they tag them like there's a little uh fin toward the back of the fish. I don't know what it's called, but the the DNR like clip that fin, and so you can tell if you have caught one that the DNR re- released. Yeah. A, a, yeah, a DNR one or a resident one. Yeah, that's exactly. That's weird. I uh I started we like with... we we ice fish that actually that right. lake and get a lot of fish uh trout that way. Dude, bl- believe it or not, I've never ice fished ever. It's pretty fun. I might it's have to come up. To, uh, Dude, you want to ice fish like in the next month? I'll come up. I'd have to go and and actually get that stupid uh, fishing license that I passed on the other day. It's like, it's like fifteen <laughs> bucks for for a resident, isn't it? If you, what we what we should do, we should wait till January because then I can get one that's good for the whole year and right. the ice is better. Uh, it, it usually does not ice up uh, in in December, but if we go in in January, we can do that. So the, what what you do, you know, you set up your your pop up and then we just go back up to the cabin. You sit up there and drink and, you know, grab a cigar. And then you wait for the flag to pop up, run down there, grab your fish. And uh, it's perfect because you can stay warm. And fish, I mean, from what I've heard, that you catch in super icy cold water is just like the cleanest tasting fish in the world, too. So I'm looking forward it's, to that. It's uh, it's it's a very unique experience, man. And, uh, and, and the best part is 
I'll have my wife come over, and she can just be baking stuff all day. So yeah, we uh, we get fed too. This is best of all worlds. It sounds like a great idea. And then in March, you can come down here and uh, fish the walleye run. Yeah, sounds like a blast. I, is, so yeah. I lived, I lived on the Mummy River uh, when I was a kid, and we used to go down and uh, walleye fish there. Uh, now I never caught anything because I wasn't good <laughs> at fishing <laughs> for walleye. But my dad, my dad would reel in uh, walleye, and uh, and they tasted amazing. Oh yeah, they're great. And then uh, I I fish. It's it's weird. Most people think catfishing is like late summer, you know. And I fish for catfish year round, but. Uh, I actually put in a lot of time getting catfish in like March and April, early in the year, because when you catch early season catfish, they taste just like walleye, because they're mm. all eating the same stuff. They're eating shad, gizzard shad, the same that makes, stuff that the makes walleye sense. are feeding on. So it's like, you uh, if you get early season catfish, it's like nice flaky white meat, which is not normal for catfish. It's usually real murky and stuff and muddy, and you gotta fry it and really season it up. But dude, you can like. Early season catfish, it's like halibut or something. Like it's it's crazy, man. I got a buddy who's a professional catfishing guide. We should uh, we should totally call him up because he just goes fishing all the time just for fun. Uh, hundred percent, he would take us. We could go uh, go haul in some beautiful big cats. Dude, I mean, I could be a professional cat. Dude, I, how do you even need a catfishing guide? Like here, here you go. I'm a catfishing guide. Any bait, most <laughs> times of the year. Yeah, but okay, but but Brady, you know all this because you do it. Okay, your your average person who's never gone catfishing before has no clue and I where to them. start, where to go, what I, to do. Just figured out. I, we we all just figured it out. Like fishing the Mommy River, all, you just you know go find. No, a no, no. Don't don't tell people to figure out. You charge them money. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I charge do need them money. So yeah, this is this is uh, another another side gig for you, America. The no gimmicks. Uh... No gimmicks fishing. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this is a a political commentary show. You can't really tell, you know, today. But, I mean, look, it's a light news week. The only thing going on in the news right now is is the aftermath of the election with Team Trump challenging the the results in several states. The legal case seems to be falling apart. We'll see what happens. But there's really nothing, and there has been nothing to discuss on that front for weeks. Just have to let it play out. Um but, you know, let's talk a little football <laughs> as, as we're ignoring. <laughs> you, know my favorite, you know, my favorite topic. Yeah. So the Steelers are 10 and 0, just saying. Are they really 10? I was thinking they were 9 and 0. Are they 10, 10 and 0 already? 10. Wait. Yeah. Right. I think they're 9 and 0, aren't they? Because didn't you guys already have your bye week? They got to be 9 and 0. We had our bye week because all the Tennessee players got the Rona all at the same time. No, come on. 10 and 0, right? Let me look. Uh, they 10 are. And 0. Yep, 10 and that's right. Yeah, look at that. Ten and zero. I wish I could say the same for my Packers. We uh, we're seven and three. Yeah, that was a heartbreaking loss last night. That was a great game, but uh, it was yeah. a lot of fun to watch, though. Yeah. I okay, you and I have talked to death about Philip Rivers, uh, and we have we have uh, strong opinions about Philip. And uh, Eli Manning, and you know uh, how Hall of Famey are they? But you can't argue with how much fun Rivers is to watch. He's got that you know kind of goofy throwing motion. And he's such listen, a personality. He's also fun to listen to because he is a ridiculous so much, human being. I love it when they mic him up. Yeah, 
dude he, is hilarious. He's just this like corny Catholic dad. Like he doesn't he cuss is, or anything. He just says like dad gummit and stuff like that. But he trash talks though. He goes and he just finds the biggest guy in the field and <laughs> and absolutely just needles him. I know. You know, throwing all these all these jabs. Uh man. And and then, you know, the next play the guy has him on his back and you know, he looks like he's about to die and all of his kids all, all thirty kids clutch their hearts. Yeah, like I remember I started laughing out loud when he was complaining a couple years ago when the uh when the San Diego Chargers the team he he played for for damn near twenty years moved to L.A. and he was all upset about it and he was like, you know, now I gotta you know we have to find schools for all nine of our kids. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> nine? Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, who has nine? It's the twenty first century, man. Who has nine children? What a. I know. Well, I'm I'm a little bit worried. Um, you know, I I know that the the, the Packers are all men, but I mean they were in the building long enough they could have been impregnated by Rivers last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. Like, uh, it, you know, it, it it wasn't a bad loss for your Packers. No. They'll be fine. They're, the division's kind of falling apart. Like the Vikings, who had some nice wins, lost to the Cowboys, who are a trash team. The Bears are just trash. I mean, the Bears are trash. I mean, they have a good defense, but my so goodness. nobody nobody is going to care outside of NFC North fans. But the the fact that the Packers and Bears have not played each other yet this year and November is about to end is insane. It's weird. And uh, somebody went back and you had to go back to like 1940 uh, something to find the last time that the Bears hadn't played the Vikings or the Packers yet uh, this late in the season. I mean, they, you know, they, they played the, the Vikings what, a week ago or, or two. I think it was just a week ago, two weeks ago. But but when it, whenever they did play the Vikings, you had to go back to the '40s to find the last time that that uh, they went this late in the year without playing one of those two teams. That's it's so weird. A weird, weird schedule. Who are the Lions playing on Thanksgiving? I know they always play on Thanksgiving. I are they playing you, the Bears? They might be playing. I'm looking it. At, I'm looking it up, but um, the uh, my favorite is when they play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving because it's like you know the the Thanksgiving teams and half the reason that uh, Lions even have any, any fans Um, Lions are playing the Texans. That's a stupid matchup. Why would you put the Texans on? Nobody cares about the Texans for Thanksgiving football. You got Washington is playing the Cowboys that that's a, you know, two terrible teams, but it's still a, a good matchup for a Thanksgiving game. That is a trash division, and they should forfeit their playoff spot. Oh, 100%. I, the, I, the I don't NFC think there's a ghost of a chance that the winner of the NFC East is going to get to uh, 500. It's, it's, no. They're, they're, they're going to have like maybe six wins, the winner of that stupid No, dude, I bet, I bet the Eagles are going to win, and they're going to be like 5-10-1, and, and they're going to win the division because they tied Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. You're probably right. Yeah. So the... NFC East standings, the Eagles have three wins. Think about that. Let that sink in. The Steelers have 10. The Eagles have three. The Eagles are winning their division. Actually, all four teams have three wins. Yeah. Every team in that division is three and seven, seven, except the Eagles are three, six, and one with a stupid tie to the Bengals. I, I, I don't, I don't know that the Eagles are going to get it done. I think that, um, I think the Giants, and Washington have the best coaches. I'll tell you what, I'm rooting for Alex Smith to win this division. Just because everything he went through. 
the dude damn near died. The NFC East kind of deserves that too. Like, yeah, they deserve to get beaten by a, a guy with 15 no year old Alex Smith with yeah. one robot leg and no yep. other legs. Yep. And he's like 80 pounds underweight and yeah. doesn't even look like himself. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just a, they, they, they do need to change something about the playoff format if a three, six, and one team is going to be given the number four seed sad i mean it's it's unfair to the to the wild cards too i i think i think what you got to do is you know you you can get into the playoffs by winning your division but you don't get the number four seed i i think i think you gotta you gotta rank the seeds based on on your record dude i mean whatever i mean one of these wild card teams whether it's like the rams or the seahawks or somebody like this Good wild card. They're going to come in and drop 50 on the winner of the NFC East in their building in the playoffs. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath of a playoff game. It'll be like an unprofessional looking playoff game. So, the teams that the Eagles have beaten, this is horrible. So, they, in week three, they tied with the Bengals. They beat, who in the world did they even beat? Did they get their first win? Over the Cowboys in week eight? No, they beat the Niners in week four. So the Niners, the Cowboys, and... Well, they beat the Niners minus every single starter for the Niners. That's my point, is that the Niners and the Cowboys are horrible. Yeah, really and they beat the And they beat the Giants. So the only... Wow. Yeah, this is this is terrible. And they, and they, they beat the Cowboys 23-9. to That's the only decent respectable score they managed to put up all year. Pathetic. Dude, our fan the No Gimmicks Podcast Fantasy Football League is actually pretty great this year. Like la- last we- last year it was like it was fun, but like you kinda knew who was in contention like right away. But like yeah. everybody is within striking distance of making the playoffs right now. It's been such a weird year because I lost like five straight to start the season and I I'm pretty and now sure you're like the best team in the league. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm I'm at 500 now, so yeah. I think I think I'm uh, five and five right now. So, but this um, so the two years ago in the 2018 season, before Patrick Mahomes broke out, I grabbed Patrick Mahomes and just put him put him as my backup quarterback, and then the following year, I drafted Andrew Luck. And then with one of my last picks in the draft, I also drafted Lamar Jackson before he was anybody. <laughs> yeah. So two years in a row, got super lucky and could not manage to. I mean, I barely made the playoffs in the second year, missed them the first year. This year, I have like one of the best teams in the league. And my quarterback is Carson Wentz, who put up like 12 points yesterday. My first two picks were Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. So, um, I had a much worse draft than I thought at the time, <laughs> but I I'm still in contention. I I'm actually down tonight here. I want your prediction for Monday night football. Cause I'm now I'm currently down 17 points to the failing New York times, which you do not want to lose to the failing New York times. It's very, it's embarrassing when that happens. So, well, but, he, but, but you know, the failing New York times wins every time, no matter, no matter, no matter the points scored win or lose, they still win. Yeah. See, and all his players As are done. I have, by the New York Times. I have Cooper Cup going tonight. He's my last player available. I need 17 points. So, like, if Cooper Cup gives me, like, six for 60 and a touchdown, I win. 
I think he could do that against the Bucks. Bucks have a good defense, but I don't know. So I this, think the, that I think the be... Rams are going to win tonight. I think they're going to beat Tom Brady, and I think Cooper Cup is going to do enough to give me the the, 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 the Bucks have a bad secondary with a good, pretty good run defense. So you got to imagine most of their yardage is going to come through the air. So Cooper Cup. The most points he's put up this year is 25.7 against Buffalo. And then he had 22 against Miami. Those are those are two pretty decent defenses. Outside of that, he's had one other game where he got to 17 points, and that was against the Giants. Looking at the rest of his schedule, um, you're, you, you're going to have to get lucky tonight, that's for sure. 17 points. Looks like his average is about 10 points. Yeah, I know. I need, to, I need more than that, though. Definitely more than that. Oh, my trade for I traded uh, Jeremy Frankel, and I it was that trade was looking really stupid for a while. I traded him Juju Smith-Schuster and Robert Woods for Adam Thielen, but Thielen's been balling out the last couple weeks, man. Dude, the Vikings' offense has. Did been... you see that catch? That one-handed yeah. catch in the end zone, dude. Yeah. Thielen's a monster. Yeah, I was driving, and you sent me a text, and and um, I don't remember how you worded it, uh, but you, you said something about. Thielen's catch, but you worded it in a way like the the word could mean something else, like it didn't have to necessarily <laughs> be football related. And I w- it took me the longest time to figure out what the heck you were talking about. And then I get home, put the game on, and it's it dawns on me finally. You're talking about <laughs> football. <laughs> it was beautiful though. I now I mean I'm, I'm a Packers fan. I hate the Vikings, but we both respect the heck out of uh, Thielen. How can you not? Great receiver. And uh, Justin Jefferson's been yeah. making some noise too. He's uh, he's um I think PFF at, le- at least as of uh, a week or two ago had him as the best wide receiver in football. And they will still hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook forty five times a game. Consistently, yeah, but can but can you blame him? No, can you blame him? No, I I think Cook deserves the uh, MVP this year. I, I I don't think any quarterback deserves it. Genuinely. I think, well, let's make our picks for league MVP. I think it's between, I think it's going to come down to Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or Big Ben. If you just take, I'm not talking about stats. If you if you take the term most valuable player literally, it's got to be Big Ben. Because you saw the Steelers last year without Ben. Trash. I mean, you saw that garbage they wheeled out onto the field every every Sunday. And then you see him I, this year. I think I texted you just about every week and told you how much I hate Mason Rudolph last year. Dude, like, I was looking forward to when the Steelers were on defense. Because, like, their offense was unwatchable. Like, it was so bad. Like, I'd go, like, make a sandwich and stuff when they had the ball and then watch the defense. It was that painful to watch. You're pretty much a safer bet to get points. Yeah. From the defense than the offense. I, You know, I honestly, I don't know who who my pick for MVP is I it's probably going to be Mahomes but you know you got to you got to take into consideration that narrative is a big part of MVP they they want a good story yeah if the vikings had gone on a big tear for the season and not you know crap the bed last night against uh Dallas yeah then i think you make a, a case for Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook yeah yep like that year that um uh like that Peyton Manning probably should have won MVP but Adrian Peterson came back after being suspended a year for beating the crap out of his toddler son. Uh, <laughs> and then he came back, and for some reason it was like a heartwarming story because he like ran for 2,000 yards or something. I was like, hey, we remember why he was out for a year, right? But 
never mind. Football fans don't think that way. But <laughs> they wanted the story <laughs> of like Adrian Peterson's comeback year, so they gave him league MVP. So yeah, like that they want they want to give it to somebody like that. How many MVP votes has Big Ben ever gotten? Zero. Zero I mean, he, he, it's it's probably time to make this happen, especially. Everybody wrote him. No argument off, here. <laughs> wrote him off. You know, his his career is over. I mean, I, I'll I'll be honest. I I kind of wrote him off too. I was like, look, he'll he'll come back. He'll be serviceable, I guess, for you guys for a year or so. But you got you got to draft a replacement. But did no. not see ten and zero coming. I do enjoy watching the Baltimore Ravens lose, which they've been doing more consistently lately. You just you love to Baltimore. It's just a. Baltimore is a bad place full of bad people. Can we all agree with well, that? Sorry, sorry to anybody living in Baltimore, but I'm just not a Baltimore fan. So tell us about what happened last night with Baltimore, by the way. They lost. Yeah, but they didn't just lose. They lost in a game where the Titans punked them before the game. So the Tennessee Titans ran out onto the field, onto the Ravens logo, and like disrespected the logo. And then the Ravens didn't do anything about it. <laughs> which is hilarious they, they, they sent their geriatric coach yeah, out there th- their 58 year old coach went team. out and was yelling at the opposing head coach who happens to be mike Vrabel, who's like 40 and a great football player so it's probably not he could have just stomped out harbaugh but uh yeah man and like and malcolm butler he got in a screaming match with malcolm butler yeah i mean so it, they just let a team punk him like that and then they let them come back and beat them in overtime. Like that's just an embarrassing loss for the Ravens, and you just love to see it. Well, I don't think the Ravens have gotten over, uh, you know, what the Titans did to them in the playoffs last year, and you just you see this too often where it's like you can have a fantastic team, but then a different team just gets inside their head and just messes them up, and and uh, it, it doesn't even come down to who's the better team. It's just it's it's confidence and. And then you know they just fall on your face like that. It happens all the time. It's that, that's it's a big part of why I never, ever, just pick the better team when it comes to a uh, division rival game. Right. You, know, you get like, I mean, you get uh, the the Steelers and the Bengals this year with with their backup quarterback. You know, with uh, Burrow being out or whatever. I'm still I'm really not confident about that because it's a division game. Unless it's the Browns, the Steelers just own the Browns. Like there's just yeah, but, no, it, but, like but it again, look, it's it's because the 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 Steelers are in the Browns' minds. Yeah, you know, here's a stat for you, Steelers related. Last week, when the Browns won last week, Baker Mayfield has now won more games in Cleveland yeah. than Big Ben. Yeah, he yeah yeah. It's like ba- twenty five wins May- or whatever. Baker Mayfield <laughs> owns the record for most wins by a quarterback in, in that, that stadium. stadium. Yeah. And he broke Roethlisberger's record. That's <laughs> that's just sad. Well, and a, another great stat. So Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, all Heisman winners. And Roethlisberger just sweeps the floor with them every year. Yeah, that's hilarious. All right, we got to talk a little bit of politics. A little bit. Just to close out the show. Um. It's Thanksgiving this week. What what are your Thanksgiving plans? Are you defying uh, your tyrant governor? We're having a funeral for a our turkey. Yeah. beloved turkey mm-hmm. uh, because you can have 30 people at a funeral. Yeah. And we have just under 
that many relatives. So, um, but don't, don't tell anybody, please don't, you know, publish this on like a, you know, media yeah. outlet or no. yeah. On the internet. I, I don't want people hearing about this, but yeah, nobody's going to hear this. Yeah. It's just between me and you. It, it will, it will be a, a pretty small get together actually, because we have a uh, family who are like, uh, nervous about traveling. And so it's, it's going to be pretty small actually. Yeah. I mean, we're doing two, you know, with my, my family and then my wife's family, but like, I mean, we're, we're taking precautions. I mean, like, we're keeping my 91-year-old grandmother away from people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have an uncle who's not in good health who he's sitting this one out. You know, it's like, we're not being dumb. And our family's like, we're not going to the bars and shit. You know what I mean? Like, we're not we're not being stupid. We're using our heads. But it's your patriotic duty to hang out with your family on Thursday. <laughs> okay? Like, defy well, we, tyrants. We defy need tyrants. Too. Yes. Like, look. We need it, too. And just, we are Americans. Like, we've been doing this for almost 250 years. Like, we defy tyrants. That's what we do. It's in our blood. It's what we do. I mean, like, when a tyrant tell, tries to control your life, the only acceptable reaction is to laugh in their face and then buy more guns and ammunition. Period. It's it's getting harder, by the way. Did you, know, you hear about the uh, ammo shortage? Dude. Yeah, I mean, my freaking ammo drawer in my desk is looking very bare right now. Yeah, I I, uh, I finally found one shop uh, near my house that that had um, you know some ammo with the right size in stock for me. I bought everything he had, and uh, not sure how long that's gonna last me because there he he told me he's like there's nobody else around here that has more. So good luck if you can find it. You're gonna have to you know Dude, buy and, it from somebody who has it in their house. And it's so expensive too. I mean, like shotgun shells are they they stayed somewhat consistent, at least 12 gauge. I know you hunt with a 20 gauge. Which might be I, harder to find. I'm impressed that you remember that, but yeah, I hunt with a 20 gauge. I got uh, he had he had two two boxes of 20 gauge shells, uh, you know, slugs, uh, and I, I bought both of them. Uh, would happily have bought more if he had more. I 12 gauge is available in Toledo just about anywhere. Like I, I have not had any problem getting 12 gauge, but like, dude, I you know, anytime you find a box of nine, you have to just buy it because you never know when it's going to be in stock. And dude. Nine millimeter, dude. It boxes are going for thirty five bucks. Thirty five bucks. Even like th- two, three years ago, twelve ninety nine. Like it was always twelve ninety nine for a box of nine, dude. And that was standard. And then it was like, oh man, have you have you seen this? It's like seventeen, eighteen bucks, dude. Thirty five dollars. And I talked well, I'm, to I'm, I, I talked to the guy who owns a uh, mommy tackle down on Conant. You familiar? Uh, you know they. I always buy you know fishing gear and ammo from them. And like they're like, yeah, dude. Like we 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 have to buy like ammo at like auctions and stuff like suppliers aren't getting it to us like we're only making a few dollars <laughs> like like we're paying I'm 30 always... bucks for a box of nine and selling it to you for 35 you know <laughs> like it's wild man i'm always skeptical when i watch you know a uh, apocalypse zombies show whatever and you know, they got so much ammunition i'm going uh that is the most unrealistic <laughs> so unrealistic <laughs> i i buy the uh, reanimated corpses more than yeah that you have 2000 rounds yeah, that man. you have access to yeah dude i mean yeah you're absolutely right like a zombie apocalypse is way more believable than some donk donkerson with you know <laughs> just a, a closet full of nine millimeter and 223 i mean it's just not happening right now but guys and, see and, your families yeah. defy yeah. tyrants I mean, there's nothing I care less about than what Mike DeWine and Gretchen Whitmer think. Like, I just don't. I don't have respect for these people as people. Like, they've they've crossed the Rubicon. They've discredited themselves, and they should be laughed at. They should be laughed out of polite society forever. They should be unemployable. They should go away. 
defy my time. frustration is my my frustration all stems from just that there's no science in anything that they're making us do it's all just optics i don't care about your optics i don't care if you are trying to cover your butt and you know not not be able to take uh blame for what's going on i don't that is not my priority if you, you can are you saying you that there's use... no scientific proof that coronavirus is only dangerous after 10 p.m well, I don't know what I'm, what I'm going to say now because that's what I was about to say. It gets you know, angry at night, JJ. I, I, I don't have another joke lined up. That was what I was going to say. So, thanks for that. What are you <laughs> thankful for in the year 2020 in the world of politics? In the world of politics? Yes. I mean, obviously, Three. for anybody that doesn't know, JJ got married this summer. You quit your I job, started working well. for yourself. You know, like you've had like a pretty good year, and when everybody else has had a bad year. <laughs> but uh, so I I know what you're thankful for personally, but just in the world of politics, the year of our Lord, 2020. What do you What do you I, think? I, I I absolutely have something. Okay. Three three Supreme Court justices, good solid yeah. constitutional conservatives. Yeah. Uh, I have have a lot of of confidence and faith in their decision making um process in their integrity uh that is a source of um source of joy and thankfulness uh for me yeah i mean you you finally get a republican president after you know eight years of democratic rule and we get three supreme court appointments so that's you really can't <laughs> ask for in one term in one term yeah we got tax cuts uh, no new wars and three great Supreme Court justices. You can't really yeah, ask three, for that. three quarters of a justice every year. Yeah, that's a weird way <laughs> to think it. about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll you're, take it. you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm thankful for a lot of things that the Trump era has taught the GOP because it was necessary. Like, we're not going back to the GOP of Mitt Romney where the press can just call him Hitler all day long and then he's just too much of a coward to fire back. Like, those days are dead and gone. Thank God. Because, like, what what the Trump moment, what Trump's four years taught us is that the enemy is not the Democratic Party. You know, it's the press. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the press is the enemy. It, like, we always thought, like, you know, that the press is just the propaganda wing of the DNC. And it turns out that we all got that backwards. Like, the press is actually way more powerful and way more evil than the Democratic Party. It's actually oh, the 100%. press— pulling the strings of the Democratic politicians. And we always thought it was reversed. But but you see this with Joe Biden. Like, he's not even a real person. Like, he has dementia. Like, he can't—his brain doesn't work. Like, he did a press conference yesterday where his brain stopped working for, like, five minutes in the middle, and he just started mumbling syllables. Okay, like, he's not pulling Sounds the like strings. Sounds like every single Biden press conference I've ever seen. Yeah, but it's like he's not the powerful one, even though he's no. going to be the next president. He's not the—the the press— is the real enemy. They're the people that need to be destroyed. And the Trump moment taught us that. And I'm definitely, definitely thankful for that. You got to imagine that there's no scenario in which a future, uh, at least in the you know next 20 years, a future GOP nominee is not a person with a mean streak in them who's willing to actually go to the bat and fight. The Republican voters learned that at mu at least from uh, from Trump. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I like Ben Sass, but the next nominee is not going to be nice guy Nebraska Ben Sass. No, it's going to be a fighter because we need a fighter. Like we need, you know. I don't, I don't even know that a Ted Cruz or a Marco Rubio, it, you know, really Maybe really Cruz. gets it done Maybe either. Maybe Cruz. Maybe Cruz. Cru 
Cruz has, uh, I, I think, adapted a bit in the last couple of years since since losing to Trump. Yeah, yeah, he he learned a lot. You know, I don't. The thing is, I don't I don't know if he. I, I like Ted Cruz. I think he's a very solid senator. I Trump really ate his lunch in that primary, though. Um, I I don't think that that Cruz would have beaten Hillary. No, I, I don't either. I think Cruz could now, from what he learned from Trump, right? But no, I I actually I agree with you that I think this is your 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 thought as well that I don't think anybody other than Trump could have beaten Hillary. Looking back at the guys that we had running in twenty sixteen, yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, the other they th- they were too soft. All of them were too soft. Yeah, the other thing I'm thankful for, um, in the world of politics this year is that a lot of people. Not everybody. There are a lot of people, even people on the right, that have Stockholm Syndrome, right? Like, they're literally hiding in their houses waiting for the <laughs> governor to let them know, yes. all right, daddy government is okay to go outside yet. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of Stockholm Syndrome out there. Um, but there's a lot of people that are just over the state that are becoming libertarian even though they don't know it. Like They're accidentally becoming libertarian, right? <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. A lot of people are just looking at Gretchen Whitmer and Gavin Newsom and Mike DeWine and and Andrew Cuomo and these these wannabe Joseph Stalin, you know, Joseph Stalin wannabes and saying, I don't care what the government says. <laughs> a lot of people are just they're over it. They're over the state. And I mean, look, I, I'm grateful that going to church is punk rock. Right. Like <laughs> it's it's counterculture. Yes. Counterculture, man. Celebrating Thanksgiving is counterculture. Going to church is counterculture. And that, that gives me hope for the future. That That's what leads me to believe we're going to win one of these days. Because they've made being a normal American cool. You know, it's like we're, we're, it's an act of rebellion to be a normal human being, right? So I think, I don't know, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to, we can actually make inroads into the culture because they've made normal good things like going to church, <laughs> punk <laughs> rock, you know what I mean? Like only tyrannical Democrats or, you know, I guess Republicans too in, in Mike DeWine's case, but only these radical left-wing politicians could pull off a feat like that. I'm excited for 2022. I mean, you thought that the backlash to Obamacare was big in uh, 2010. Yep. Dude, 2022 is going to be nuts. Yeah. And the Republicans are within striking distance in the House. You know, I think they flipped 13 seats, which is amazing. They were projected to lose a dozen seats. I So I think they're within like 10 or 15 seats of retaking the House majority. I think that'll happen in 2022. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we saw the backlash against Obamacare in 2010. The, the backlash against dementia care is going to be, <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to watch that man on television every day. Well, we I, saw the, the blue wave, what, five, was that five years ago or just three, three years ago. We saw yeah. the blue wave three years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is going to be the red bloodbath. I agree. It's it's gonna be much much bigger, I think, than uh, than the the blue wave. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the GOP's set up uh, in in a really good spot looking forward, and that is only if they, you know, fiscal responsibility is gonna have to make a comeback. Like we do need another like Tea Party moment, right? Like okay, the fun and games are over. We didn't really care about fiscal responsibility. Well, I mean, I, you and I did, but a lot of people on the right didn't really care during the Trump era. That needs to be corrected. Also, they, they can't forget what Trump taught them 
about standing up to the press. Like if they try to revert back to the John McCain, Mitt Romney days, it's all over. But I, I think enough Republicans have learned their lesson. But yeah, I, I really do like the GOP's positioning moving forward. And I, there's, you're seeing a lot of libertarians during the GOP. You're seeing you know a, a, a broad, you know, a big tent party again. And I think that's definitely a good thing moving forward. I just hope that uh, Tea Party 2.0 or whatever actually is fiscally uh, conservative. Because, I mean, geez, the absolute best you could say is that they spent money slightly less quickly. Right. Until coronavirus, obviously. Yeah. And then they just spent money extraordinarily quickly. I'm I'm very nervous about uh, what might be coming down the down the tubes here uh in terms of you know big relief bills and stuff i mean we've already spent an insane amount but um i'm not going to pretend that i i don't feel like that might just be the tip of the coming iceberg yeah no i agree i agree i mean it's extraordinarily important that we maintain control of the senate that we win these two uh georgia senate races on january 5th because yeah i mean we need mitch mcconnell to block some of this this horrible legislation coming well if you're if you're just a fiscal conservative then you don't necessarily want uh the republicans to control every branch of government anyways because you want gridlock oh yeah so that they'll quit spending because the Rep- republicans are just the um less spendy spendy people yeah yeah gridlock is good i mean you saw the stock market go bonkers when it became clear that the the gop was probably going to maintain control of the senate that the stock market loves gridlock man Absolutely absolutely love it. So we're out of time. Uh, Sorry about the uh, fishing and hunting and football talk. I don't. I apologize. Sorry at all. It's it's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. It's my show. I apologize for nothing. JJ, where can everybody follow you online? Hey, please check me out on Twitter at Mild Moderate. Love chatting with people. Always looking for new friends. Uh, Love positivity, especially these days. We all need. We're all in this together. Need to uh, lift each other up. Build each other up. And uh, looking forward to chatting with you with you guys in the future. Absolutely, everybody follow JJ. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.